Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. And welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. I am Jay Madison along with our one and only co-host. Well, I shouldn't say one and only. Just yeah. we we haven't talked to Al in a while. I did call him and see if he could make it we in. We got to get Al back yeah, on Yeah, we got to get Al. It's not the same without Al. No, we uh, need to spice this up a little yeah, bit. Anyway. He does provide a little salt <laughs> to the conversation. Sometimes I have to put a little sugar over that salt yeah. just to make sure i don't get in trouble but <laughs> yeah we'll get uh, we'll get al back in here uh, if he hasn't gone to florida who knows with him yeah i'm uh i'm leaving maybe later in the week jay so we might have to do this remotely uh really? for a little bit yeah. oh man oh man well folks uh, you just... know i could i could say something right now about going to a free state but i won't <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you know those thoughts are there. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I can't yeah. go too far with that, but <laughs> yeah, I was watching the election results saying, hmm, yeah. but I can't, anyway, I can't say anything more. I'll get in trouble. I'll get in trouble that, you know, speaking about the election, uh, boy, it did turn out a little different than what yeah, we certainly, certainly did. It's uh it's an interesting time we're in, in our country right now with all the problems we have to deal with. And, it does seem like the voters were somewhat satisfied with the direction we're headed in. And something, so let's see how this goes. Something. Now, the thing we can talk about, just for a moment, we won't dwell on it because we're, we're going to talk about a lot of different things today, folks. Uh, we've got uh, farm exports. We've got a dairy plant going in and, well, not go, expanding in Auburn, New York. Uh, we've got all kinds of things to talk about. But real quick, we got to... You know, we got to mention the election a little bit here. And the thing we can talk about is what is going on in Arizona and Nevada with trying to get, we're recording this on, just in case you happen to listen later on, we're recording this on Monday, November 14th. And we're still waiting to find out who's in control of the House of Representatives. When was the election? What was the date? November. Ah, let me see. Last Tuesday. Last Tuesday. <laughs> and we still don't have those results yet. That is crazy. In this day and age, I cannot believe that we cannot somehow. I mean, cripes, if I if I make a purchase, the world knows about it. I'm getting spam on my Facebook page from all of the affiliated organizations that I might have bought something from telling me, oh, you need to buy this and you need to buy that. If I say I don't like a certain person for president, the other party starts <laughs> calling me within minutes saying, oh, we need your donation. Oh, my God. Yeah. But well, we can't it's... get election results in. No. Something's drastically wrong with our process. And, you know, and here we are. You know, you think back in 2000, Florida had... Lots of issues counting votes, right? Oh, that boy, was historic, I guess. you know, yep. with the hanging Chad thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. And, uh, but look at how they turned that around, put in place a system whereby, number one, a lot more people vote in that state than they did, than they 20, did before. Years, 20 years ago. Yeah. And they, they know the results almost instantaneously. By, what was it, 10 o'clock that yeah. night? 
They yeah. they were announcing Florida's results. Texas too. Yeah. Two of the what top five most populous states in the United yeah. States can get the job done. And these others are just flounder. I I I don't get it. I mean, that's where a lot of this, you know, conspiracy theories come come out and yeah, people's because, trust in the system because it, it just makes no sense. I mean, like right. you say, you, I mean you buy gas. At a gas station somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and with a credit card, and uh, within minutes you're yeah. getting <laughs> you're getting messages on Facebook and yeah. everything. Yeah, you know you can you can search for you can be traveling and search for a hotel, and uh, all of a sudden you're getting all kinds of things about that location. Yeah, or I I swear to God, sometimes you're just talking about something, and next thing you know, you're not even on the phone. You're just talking to somebody in front of you in person, and all of a sudden you're getting messages about what you just talked about and somebody wanting to sell you something about yeah. that. It's like they're listening to you. It's like, okay, this is crazy. It's not like they're listening. They are they listening. They are listening. <laughs> I don't know how, but they're listening. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that is the one thing that, you know, if, yeah, I certainly can say I was disappointed with the election results. We can't go into that too much, but I, I can say very safely that this is ridiculous. That the states of Arizona and Nevada can't get this figured out. They had problems last election cycle, and they're having problems again. Yeah. This is just—it it really is unacceptable. It's very unacceptable, and it really makes you start to wonder about our whole voting process and what we've become. I mean, I was thinking back, you know, when we talked earlier, Jay, before we went right. on the air about the old voting machines where you <laughs> pulled the button down, and when you got all done, you pulled the lever across, and it cha-ching, 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 yep. right? And all at the end of the registry. night, you knew exactly how many votes everybody had gotten. Yeah, and that was back in the days where we had slower technology. Yeah. But you knew who the person was. By 9 o'clock at night. It was pretty much done. Yeah. And not anymore. No. Not anymore. Higher tech, and we were a week. Yeah. No, it makes no sense. But Just stupid. Stupid. Anyways, uh, that's enough about that. We'll move on from there. So, lots going on. Uh, we, we've gone from summer to winter. Holy I guess. cow, I guess so. We it didn't was, have fall this year. It we, was we, a 90 degree turn from yeah. warm summer, summer like weather well into uh, this month. And yeah. then last night it changed. Yeah. Uh, when you hear them snow pellets hitting the window, you know. Uh, it's over. Well, yeah, Nate and I were walking out of the woods in Rodman, Rodman, New York, yesterday evening, and it was snowing very hard. I was like, oh, yeah. okay, guess I did a good thing putting the weight in the back of the pickup truck today. Yeah, well, I went to West Leiden this morning to pick up a load and uh, of corn, and the ditches are all white all the way up. Through, oh, really? So. Yeah. 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 Like I said, Rodman, it was coming down really hard when we left. My house, no snow at all in Lorraine. Rodman, mm -hmm. four miles away, Yeah, heavy snow coming down. So, you know, harvest is wrapping up. We've been really fortunate for, I think, the farmers in the region have all been blessed with this fall harvest uh, weather. They've got a lot of work done. Manure spread, crops are in. Um, you know, in some cases, it wasn't the best year crop-wise because of the dry summer we had, but... Hey, when you can get a fall like this and be caught up the way most of us are, 
that's a real blessing going into winter. So yeah, it it has been very fortunate uh, uh, to have this kind of weather to to um, get the work done out in the fields. Well, hell, well, we had the JLI leadership group out. <laughs> I mean, that was a summer day. Yeah, Jefferson Leadership Institute. I've been doing that probably 15 years now, I'm guessing. And yeah, we've had a couple nice days, but never where I was breaking out in a sweat because it was so warm in November while we're walking around on farms. Usually everybody's bundled up in snowsuits and hats and freezing freezing and, cold. Yeah, wanting and, to get back on the bus. Yep, and, yep. Uh, and that actually, and thank you very much for for being one of the hosts for the Jefferson Leadership Ag Day. It's one of, uh, they said, I don't know, you didn't, you weren't there first thing in the morning when we showed up at the gathering barn at your place. But the the participants, they're they're all sitting there talking before the program begins, and they're saying, "Oh, we had a panel discussion with past participants in JLI, and they were telling us what to expect for Ag Day. That it's the best day." And I'm like, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> man, <pressure's> on. <laughs> yeah, there's and we changed it up quite a bit this year. So it, it I was a little bit nervous as to how it went over, but it it, it from Everything I've heard, it was very well. Well, received. I will say this year's group was, I thought, one, very attentive, uh, asked a lot of great questions uh, from, you know, all the years we've participated. Certainly a very engaging group and uh, really appreciated the opportunity to get in front of them. It's always great to, you know, to be out there and, and see uh, the interest that there is in learning about agriculture. Yeah, they were very, uh, very attentive. They loved uh, being there on the farm. They loved the tour of the dairy plant. They got to sample some secret cheese. Yeah, I heard that. The sweet cheddar from Great Lakes Cheese that's not available publicly yet. Oh, my God, it's so good. (laughs) It's not secret anymore because I just talked about it. But they're serving it to people at the plant, so it's not a secret. But it's so good. You've never had cheddar cheese like this. It's just incredible. Let's hope they can figure out how to package it. That's the challenge they have because it's it's so good that it crumbles. Yeah. And they're trying to figure out how to package it so that they can sell it. But incredible cheese, incredible cheese. So, yeah, JLI was good. And then we had that event at uh, the Gathering Barn, the fundraiser for the yes. Sackets Harbor Backpack Program. Yes, that was uh, our annual event. Uh, that we've done here now for several years uh, in cooperation with the Sackets Harbor Central School and the Booster Club and the PTA there um, at Sackets uh, to provide funding for their backpack program. And, and that's something the farm, North Harbor Dairy, Old McDonald's Farm, that's something that you folks put on. Yes, we've done it now for five years maybe. Yeah. COVID gave us a little interruption, but we still did it. We did it virtually for a couple of years. So it was really good to be back in person. Um, and we had a full house. Uh, and Jay, <laughs> yes. you did a great job uh, oh, emceeing the event. And oh, I was I was glad you guys invited me. That was a riot. Uh, it, was, it was an awesome night. I mean, literally, there was not an empty seat in the place. And uh, I don't have a final tally yet. My son Brian told me they're estimating somewhere between fourteen and fifteen thousand that we raised. Wow! Uh, There's clear. a lot of school that was districts. After expenses. 
There's a lot of school districts would die for that kind of fundraiser for their school backpack uh, program. Yeah. I mean, that's just a phenomenal job. And thank you very much to your family for putting that on your employees, for putting that on and hosting that. Um, you know, it's just a phenomenal effort. And like you said, there was not, I actually ate, you know, my dinner out on the benches outside. Yeah, I think my wife Nancy did also. Yeah, she did. She yeah. did. Because and the band uh, that was playing had to eat. Yeah. And so we gave up our seats for them. Speaking of that band, they were they awesome. They were good. Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't say anything beforehand when you told me it was going to be a live band, but that Ocean's Below. for I, I always get nervous about a live performance at an event in a small venue like that because so many singers, groups, they just turn the volume up to the max to make themselves sound good. And it a lot of times it doesn't work out great. It's yeah. just too loud and not that good. This group, Oceans Below, they were the great music selection, great voices, great music. Um, and it wasn't so that you couldn't stand being in the room. The right. volume was just right. I told them that afterwards. I really liked their performance. So one of the members is the uh, band teacher at Sackett's. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, He's doing a great job trying to rebuild the band there at Sackett's. And, uh, but no, I was, they were awesome. And, uh, you know, I really want to take this opportunity to thank the sponsors that, that helped sponsor the event. We had ag businesses uh, really step up big yeah. to uh, make this a success. I was, I was very impressed with the list of sponsors on there um, from, uh, from agriculture. In fact, I don't think you had any that weren't agricultural businesses. No, no. I mean, we had, of course, Northern Federal Credit Union and oh, uh, yeah. Watertown yeah. Savings Bank. So we had a couple banks, but everybody else was ag related. Yeah. And I can, uh, I'll pull that up here just uh, quick, Ron, so that we can give them a message. Um, Yes, we are. We are doing this. Uh, we're doing it as we speak. It was not planned. So uh, let me just uh, pull up here. But um, so you said you've done this for five years now, right? Yes. Yep. And uh, of course, for those that, you know, may not know what the backpack program is, uh, it, it provides the opportunity for children to go home uh, over the weekend or on extended vacations with a backpack full of food. And in some cases, that's the only food they might have for the weekend. And uh, so it's, and the need is growing all the time. Yeah, it's, uh, I can attest, um, having been involved with a couple different schools and their backpack programs, helping them find resources and so on. It, it's, it really is, those backpack programs really are uh, critical uh, to the, the children that participate in it. Um, there's, I, I hate to say it, but there's, there's kids that don't eat yes. outside of school. Or right. what they're eating is, is a pittance compared to what mm -hmm. they should be eating. And it, it's just, it, it really is, um, it's scary to see the need. 
Yeah, I'm not finding the list of sponsors. So we'll just have to say thank you, sponsors. Yeah, yeah. And no, everybody was so generous. And then we had great uh, raffles, giveaways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. some great prizes. A TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody asked me, oh, what'd you put your name in for? And I'm like, oh, I can't put my name in. I'm the uh, MC yeah. <laughs> for the event. Sort of won't go over well if I pull my own name. We did have that one table, though, that kept winning. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm trying to pull somebody different here, folks. I really did not uh, do this on purpose. So No, but we and we had a great uh, wine selection from, uh, from uh, one of the wineries in the area. And I forget, was that Tug Hill or? Yeah, I think it was Tug Hill Vineyards, if yes. I remember yeah. correctly. And uh, yeah, so overall, just a fantastic night. It was great. The food was good. Embellished Catering did the, did the dinner for yeah. us. Another, I mean, you had a great band. The Embellished Catering is fantastic. Yeah. They do a really great job here. Yeah, so you know, again, it was a uh, it was a real team effort, and we're certainly uh, happy to be involved in something like this. Uh, I don't think the school superintendent uh, Jen uh, Gaffney knew what to do when I did my uh, sports arena introduction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she turned a little red. I think yeah. she was a little embarrassed by that, but you know, hey. Uh, well, she is a rock star down she there. Is, so, she is. Uh, she does a great job, and yeah. it's always a pleasure working with her, too. So. Yes, very uh, much so. That was fun. Well, hey, I uh, want to move on a little bit here, Ron. Uh, again, congratulations to you and your family and Sackets Harbor School District on that uh, back uh, backpack fundraiser. But want to move on from that. There was a big announcement from Cayuga Milk Ingredients. They're a, uh, a dairy processing company over in Auburn, New York. Mm -hmm. And they just announced a big expansion over Correct. there. That's going to have a, that'll have a little ripple effect for our, our milk up here, won't it? For sure. Uh, of course, CMI is a, it's a farmer owned group in, in the central New York area. They build a, a massive uh, uh, manufacture, milk manufacturing plant there several years ago. This is a planned expansion. Uh, it's my understanding, $110 million expansion there. Yeah, according to the figures, let's see, according to the figures, $150 million. Okay. Close. You were very close. 130,000 square foot aseptic processing and okay. bottling facility. So that's that's going to be significant. That's fluid milk then. That's fluid. That's long shelf life fluid. Production. Which brings a better price for the farm supplying milk into right, that plant. Right, and it really helps all of us in the region because uh, it raises the overall blend price because more milk is going into milk Fl that's fluid. bottled, yeah. fluid milk, yes. No, that's great. Uh, there, let's see, uh, the enhancements will include two new raw milk receiving bays. That's where the trucks back in unload the milk. Um, they're going to do upgrades to their wastewater infrastructure to allow for an extra 350,000 gallons per day to be treated. That's their, their mm -hmm. wastewater uh, treatment system. 70 new jobs. Um, let's see. They're going to have the capacity for producing 150,000 gallons of aseptic drinks each day. Wow. That's pretty phenomenal, 150,000 gallons yeah. per day. And when we say aseptic drinks, that is, uh, folks that might not know, that's a special packaging that uh, makes it so that 
pretty much shelf-stable, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, yes. Uh, it'll make the milk product that's produced uh, shelf-stable to a degree anyway, so that it has a longer shelf life uh, versus your regular fluid conventional milk. Um, so it's that is that's a great project. Very excited to hear it happen. Well, and it's something we really need. We need additional dairy processing here in the Northeast. Our 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 dairy processing. We're very fortunate here in Jefferson County to you know have our two big processors, Great Lakes Cheese and HB Hood. We have Kraft and Lowville, of course. Um, but you know, it's my understanding, Jay, that you know. A lot of companies are showing some interest in moving back towards an increasing production here in the Northeast just due to labor and transportation costs of moving product from the Midwest and the Far West. We've actually, because of that, uh, what you just said, we've actually been putting together a packet of information you know, in a, in, in a marketing, a better formatted marketing uh, packet to to quickly when we hear about a processor looking to quickly be able to send that information out and it's pretty detailed the the information we're putting together to try and attract a processor here to the north country it, it's always a challenge it's it's not an easy task no and of course you know our <laughs> kind of going back our our political environment here is not exactly uh conducive to attracting a major corporation to spend a lot of money here with, you know, some of our labor policies and our environmental policies and our tax policies. And, but at the same time, they are looking at the quality of milk in the region that's produced by the farms, which is some of the best in the world. Yes, it is. And they're looking at our proximity to population. Yep. We're within a we refer to it as a work shift drive of New York City yeah. um, and, and the eastern seaboard. So within an eight-hour drive, you can have your product down in New York City. And the other thing that's, that's becoming an advantage to New York is the dairy industry in Pennsylvania is shrinking very rapidly. Which, you know, that's interesting because you and I, what was it, 10, 15 years ago now, we were involved in the... Uh, Northeast uh, Dairy um, Leadership Team. Yeah, Leadership Team. And Pennsylvania had some major efforts underway to try and grow their dairy production. Yeah, the, but they hit a lot of brick walls, and, and those efforts certainly were well-founded, and they continue today even. But land prices in Pennsylvania, especially southeastern Pennsylvania, where some of the best land in the, you know, on the eastern seaboard is, is approaching $30,000 an acre. There's a lot of pressure from development, you know, as cities like Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. and Baltimore expand on out. Um, And dairy just can't function with that kind of expensive land. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, It definitely has an impact. We, you know, over the years, I've talked to a lot of farmers in, you know, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and so on. And when when our farms were paying, you know, a thousand dollars an acre, their or or being paid a thousand dollars an acre, their farms were paying ten, twenty thousand yeah. dollars an acre. I mean, that's just crazy. 
Yeah, it's uh, and you just can't afford to grow for, oh. forages on uh, on that expensive land. And then, unfortunately, other parts of Pennsylvania, the more rural areas of of central and and western PA, uh, they've lost a lot of their infrastructure there. Right. And uh, you know, it's uh, there was a fracking boom, of course, that that went on for a period of time. Unfortunately, that's kind of pulled back now. But in the process, a lot of that ag infrastructure left that region of the state. And it's making it really tough for dairy to grow. Virginia production has shrunk dramatically. Uh, so really, everybody's looking back to New York. And I just hope, I just hope we take a step back and our policymakers take a step back and look at the opportunity and the economic impact that growing agriculture can have here. We've shown it through the studies. We've talked about it. It just seems like it falls on deaf, deaf ears. It, they really, you know, are they really paying attention to what the potential is here? And, and we're sitting, we're sitting in a spot where we could really contribute to the Northeast economics yeah it, it's you're absolutely right when you take a look at the economic impact of agriculture uh measured in 2019 2020 here in jefferson lewis st lawrence and oswego counties alone it was 1.4 billion dollars the total economic impact of agriculture to our economy here in the four county region that's just the four counties with with the changes you just referenced, the the loss of the milk supply, uh, the challenges to farming being worse in these other states, it positions New York very well to be able to grow agriculture. But we have to be careful of some of the things we're doing, such as the regulations, the the labor regulations we've seen with minimum wage and the overtime threshold changing. Um, those as they implement that 40-hour threshold, that could have a very devastating impact on our ability to farm here in New York State. Yeah, and that's what happens. We're, while we're seeing opportunity on one side of the equation, we're being pulled backwards on the other side of the equation. Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, one step forward and two back, right? Exactly. And exactly. we can't, you can't move forward no. doing that. No. And it's like, I just want to, at my age, my patience <laughs> is shot most of the time. I can't stand the fact that we have leaders in our industry and our political uh, sector that just can't figure this out. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, they're playing politics. That's what it is. Yeah. When, they're, when they're putting these regulations in place that are, they're saying, oh, it's good for the farm workers. Well, the farm workers that we talk to, 75% of the farm workers that testify on these things say, no, it's not good for us. But they don't listen. They don't listen. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of farms, with owners, you know, kind of my generation, we're, you know, and we're very fortunate to have kids involved and, and, you know, have a vision for the future in our farm. But there's a lot of farms where they're looking at this and they're saying, I think it's going to be too much of a hill to climb. We're going to, we got to get done. Right. 
Yeah, it's it's we have opportunity, but the challenges are great, and we need to continue to work to reduce the challenges, not make them worse. But um, well, that's our yeah, that's our opinion. That's <laughs> our you whether you wanted it or not, folks. That's our spin on today. Um, but uh, you know, the other good news, uh, just to end uh, the podcast on on a positive note here, farm exports in the last fiscal year were up. 14%, a record high, I guess. You know, we've really, the U.S., we've talked about this before, is is really the place to go in the world. Uh, we're the most efficient producers in the world. You know, we can talk about South America. We can talk about the, you know, the Eastern European corridor. Of course, with the war in Ukraine, there's a lot of disruption there. A um, lot of political unrest in South America, so even if we think we have it kind of rough here, we still are, we are the producers of food in the world and people yeah. are going to need it. They're going to want it. Uh, they've got to be able to pay for it, of course, and our monetary policies and some other things will impact that going forward. But we're in a great position. And, and hey, China's looking like they're going to open back up out of this zero COVID policy. Well, and you and I were talking about that. And, and right here in this report, it says China, which is our number one market, bought a record $36.4 billion of U.S. agricultural products in the last fiscal year topping its 2021 record of 33.6. So you were you were commenting about this COVID, uh, the COVID restrictions and how they've impacted. And as they open that back up, it's going to be positive for us. Yes. Uh, you know, they've really had that country. They have this so-called zero tolerance where, you know, if you've got COVID, you're, you're going you're going away. Yeah, it's crazy. You're going under lock and key. Yeah. And you're not going anywhere. You're not buying They anything. welded one lady's door shut yeah. from the reports. <laughs> I'm like, holy cow. So, you know, and of course, just last week, China comes out and says, we're not changing our zero COVID policy. Well, the next day, what they do, but they changed about 20 items within their zero to loosen it up. So some analysts have said over the weekend, you know, it's just whatever they say, they're going to do the opposite. And uh, and they are ready to, you can only keep people under lockdown so long yeah. before, yeah. you know, you have a lot of unrest and yeah. and things get People get hand. hungry. Yeah. People get hungry. And man. they're going to want, they're going to want pork. They're going to want dairy. Yep. Yep. And... And that's all positive for us because they are our number one market. So as they open up, that's going to open up more products going in there, more opportunity for us to sell our agricultural products to China. So, you know, definitely, definitely a good thing. So it was good to see on a positive note uh, that farm exports uh, rose 14% uh, to a record high in the last uh, last fiscal year. So that was that was very positive. One other positive note, want to send a shout out to a local farm uh, uh, partner uh, down on Sheeland Dairy Farms, Devin Shelmadine, past president of Jefferson County Farm Bureau. Uh, New York Farm Bureau just announced that uh, he was the winner of the 2022 New York Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Achievement Award. 
and he'll now travel to Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's not like he's going to uh, Syracuse. He's yeah. going down to P Puerto Rico for this. He'll be competing at the American Farm Bureau annual meeting in Puerto Rico in early January. Now, so that, that Young Farmer and Rancher Achievement Award, that's a competition. It is. They, uh, that's, uh, they, they're put through somewhat of a, from my understanding anyway, somewhat of a rigorous uh, process of, uh, you know, debates and... Debates and presentations yes, and so on. Yes. So it's not just, oh, we like Devin, we're going to make him the right. winner. No, you, you're competing against his peers, others that... And, and they really, it is a very rigorous process. And then, of course, he goes to the national level. Then he's got folks from all over the country that he's competing against there. So it's a great opportunity. He'll make a lot of great friends. He'll make a lot of people uh, friends that he'll keep for a lifetime. Yeah, it's a, a great for Devin. And uh, our, we send our congratulations to Devin Shelmadine down there at Sheeland Dairy Farms. Uh, for winning the New York Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Achievement Award and wish him the best of success uh, in Puerto Rico at the American Farm Bureau annual meeting in January. So that'll be really cool. Well, Ron, I think that's it. I think we need to wrap this up. Well, today. we've been around the world and back here. In Boy, I guess we minutes. did. We did. We traveled <laughs> all over the place. Talk. <clears throat> and I'm losing my voice. Uh, talk politics and uh, all kinds of stuff. And you got to go to jury duty. I have there. to go do jury duty today. So I have to report at 1230 to see if I'm selected for a jury. So I've dressed in my hunting gear with my, my bloody <laughs> sleeves. And I'll walk in there and they'll be going, whoa, I don't think we want him on our jury. Yeah, no, I didn't do that. But it sounds good. Yeah. But yeah. we'll see. We had one goes. of our employees had to go in the group this morning. So. I'm wondering if they have two cases going on. They could. I, I don't know. Yeah, because know. it's it's two separate. And then I have to go to the fourth floor. The uh, group this morning went to the second floor. Okay. So, hmm, I guess I'll find out shortly. Yeah, I guess you will. All right, Jake. All right, folks. Well, you have a great day. And uh, make sure you tune in to our next podcast whenever we happen to release that. And uh, just have a great week. Take care now. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.